Blog Talk Radio. Your radio is on the air. All right. Hey, Jerry, it's good to have you back. Well, it's 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 very great to be back. Yeah, what you been up to? I missed you. Oh, I've been I've been out ministering in different places. Mm-hmm. Different um, Yeah, yeah. It's pretty pretty vague. Pretty vague. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I'm you know, just out there doing what uh, God's called me to do and I've been certainly praying for for rescue radio. And um but anyway, it's good to be back here in studio today. Yeah. Well, let, well, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you right now for this time together tonight, this awesome opportunity to share your word with people. We pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the revelation of your love and your truth. Lord God, that you are the one who brings truth. You are the one who calms our hearts and comforts our minds. So I bind the spirit of the enemy that would try to mess with the technology tonight or snatch anything from us that belongs to you, belongs to us, belongs to your kingdom. And we're declaring that your will be done, O God, on earth, in and through us, as it's being done and declared in heaven. I thank you for giving us power over all the power of the enemy, that nothing shall by any means hurt us. I thank you, Lord God, that you declared that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And we take that promise to heart, Lord God, as we ask you tonight and in the days ahead that you cover us and our families with your word, your counsel, your comfort, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame, trouble, or reproach. So we thank you, Father, for the listeners tonight, those who have joined around uh, their little um, listening devices to hear what you have to say to all of us tonight. So may we speak as the oracles of God. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, when you were gone, I started a new thing. I'm starting answering questions. As if we don't answer questions every day, but yeah. uh, there's a there's a group or a body of questions that I got a couple of years ago from a bunch of kids at Teen Challenge, mm-hmm. and about 150 questions. So last week we started on the first question and we only got the first one sort of. Looked so we've at. got 149 to go. Yeah, we are we going to do are we going to do them all tonight? No, sweetheart, okay. don't get too excited. Okay, okay. <laughs> I oh. like to do things well. I don't like to do things fast necessarily, and I like to kind of think things through. So um, the first question. Um, you want to ask the question? Yeah, I'm going to ask the question. Okay. So, now, if the Bible is the truth, why are there so many different forms of religion? I have an emergency. What is your location? Religions believe in what the Bible says. We'll have to listen to this little piece and then we'll get back to it. This is crazy. All right, can we keep going? Mike's my maestro? Okay. All right, so the question you said was what? You got a little interrupted there. Oh, you want to mind repeating? We'll get right to it. I don't mind repeating it okay. in the least. If the question is, if the Bible is the truth, why are there so many different forms of religion? And aren't there? Don't most of these religions, or all these religions, believe at all in what the Bible says? Well, actually, probably none of them believe what the Bible says. Even the ones that purport or pretend to uh, believe what the Bible says often aren't preaching the, the gospel message of the Bible. Uh, it's it's a very complicated uh, situation because the Bible says a lot of things about a lot of different situations and life problems and God and uh, how to treat one another and whatnot. And the devil has used a lot of the text, scriptures, passages, verses, to uh, build his own religions. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's only one religion that God honors, and that's the one he talks about in James. It has to do with our relationships with others. It says um, pure religion and undefiled before God and man is this, that you um, visit the fathers, the orphans, and the widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. But going back to religions, yes, um, a lot of people say, I don't believe, and whatever they say they don't believe in, they don't think they have to believe in because they don't believe it. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about religions, are we talking about those that are so-called Christian religions, or are we just talking about religions in general? Well, in general, there's a, there's a whole, maybe two different categories. Some 
would say we believe in the Bible and we preach the guy the Bible or versions of the Bible or, or you know forms of it. Uh, but Jesus said, you know, having a form of God and denying the power thereof, I think that's what the real definition of religion is. It's a set of rituals and, and rigmarole that people think they can use to um, make God happy and get into heaven. But but back to what I just said a minute ago, people don't want to believe something. And if they don't want to believe it, they think that their ultimate opinion or what they choose to want to believe or not believe, it makes it but you don't have to believe in God. You don't have to believe in what he said. You don't have to believe in heaven. You don't have to believe in hell. You don't have to believe in anything you don't want to believe in. But that does not make it not true. That does not make it not real. That doesn't, it, just make, it just means that you're able to uh, sufficiently deny it to convince yourself that you don't have to deal with it. So your, your um, powers of denial or arrogance and ignorance are really uh, showing. They're, they're, they're well-developed. It seems to me, Marjorie, that we're living in a time where people deify their opinions. I guess that's right. Yeah. You know, so the opinion. Well, that's all about self, self actualization, right. self uh, improvement, self. It's all about me. You know, it's it's all about my life and living my life the way I want to live it. And so that factors into a lot of it. Actually, the 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 gospel of Jesus Christ is not a religion. It is a it's a lifestyle of what Jesus demonstrated in coming here, laying down his life loving, serving, dying, giving, and resurrecting again so that we could all be part of his kingdom. That's his, um, his gift to us. But, um, you know, we, but a lot of people, they just categorically reject the word of God itself. And so in rejecting the word of God, they also reject what the words of God say. Right, exactly. Well, uh, you know, a lot of uh, denominations mm-hmm. and seminaries uh, are, have for years rejected the authority, the well, inspiration and authority of the Bible as the Word of God. Yeah, as the un, uh, uh, inspired and inerrant Word right. of God. Yeah, because they have gone to school and their scholarly ways, and I think they're very uh, well taught by intellectual demons, antichrist spirits, deception, to believe that they have found some flaws or uh, discrepancies in the Word of God uh, and therefore, they become the ultimate uh, source of uh, authority in that they discredit the Word of God for some reason. So that really makes you God or makes your opinion uh, precede the, the Word of truth. And that, that's a lot of arrogance. Ignorance. It's ignorance and arrogance yeah. to mm-hmm. say that I, I know better than the uh, God of the Word but, of God. But going back to this idea of rejecting the truth of the Word of God, um, just because I reject it does not make my opinion right or correct. Um, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Uh, there is no one who's going to stand before the Lord someday and, and give God his explanation of the way it should have been. There's just It's just not going to happen. Exactly. Because, number one, you got your breath from God in the first place, and don't think that you're going to use that breath to stand in front of God at that last moment and say, and this is the way it should have been. I mean, it's just, it's, God is so good. He is so enduring, and he's so patient. And I think sometimes it's it's God's long-suffering that we misread, we misinterpret to, to be a condoning uh, or a, an, uh, of our of our sin, of our error. It's the, it's, a, it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. And so to accept God as God and what he says as true and his word as the authority, the, um, the absolute truth, we have to repent of our own ideas, opinions, and arrogance and mm-hmm. uh, deceptions. Repenting mm-hmm. means to change your mind. Mm-hmm. So, Well, accepting, we have to have, we have to live by absolutes. And if I jump mm-hmm. off, if I go up on top of a 40-story building, get out on a ledge somewhere and say, mm-hmm. you know what, I do not believe in gravity. Yeah, I yeah. am convinced gravity is just a myth. Or it just, it just works for other people. I am ex- exempt from right, gravity. Right, right, Because, uh, I mean, gravity might be fine for you. But I've never experienced for me. A, the, the pull of gravity in a, in a fall of 4,000 feet. So it doesn't exist because I've never experienced yeah. it. Yeah, and so you say, well, I don't believe it, and you jump off and splat your history. Right. And what do we call that? Suicide. Well, Called suicide. it ignorance. It's unnecessary. Yeah, it's, it's really uh, ignorance. But, you know, like, we can deny anything. We can deny that God is real. We can deny 
that he exists. We can deny, you know, um, whatever you want to deny. You can deny it. Mm-hmm. You can say, I don't have it. It doesn't exist. It's not real. Gravity, whatever. And yet that does not, like we just said, doesn't make it not real. It just makes us um, ignorant. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, um, go ahead. So, you know, and, and another thing, too. Well, here, can I say something yeah. about truth? And, yeah. and God said, He, Jesus said, I am the truth. And that's another piece. Um, truth equals God. God is the truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the truth. I'm the way. I'm the life. And when we try to uh, negotiate truth or reassemble it according to our denomination, our doctrine, our personal preferences, uh, when we have discussion groups on truth and absolutes and we have our isms and we have our marches on this and our political systems on that, and we're all vying for trying to uh, promote our version or partial version of the truth or the air or whatever it is, we are, you know, it's a futility. It's a, it's almost like a, a comedy of errors because if we don't accept the absolutes, including like you just said, gravity, <clears throat> which is a temporary absolute, by the way. Yeah. And it's also interesting enough that even as gravity is real, so is the law of aerodynamics, which is kind of in opposition to gravity. It's actually the counter uh, um, opposite side of the coin because we can get in airplanes that are held to the earth by gravity, but once we get up in them, the thrust and the velocity and acceleration and that other formula that takes in, kicks in, uh, creates an, another uh, principle, the principle of thrust and aerodynamics and the ability to fly. So we can see that both are true, both are real. Planes you know, can stay in the sky, planes can land safely, but planes can also fall from the sky if the thrust is not there. Um, so it's like walking. You can walk manually from here to there. You can take your car and go, the, you know, in real time, go the distance. Or you can um, get in an airplane and shorten the time by going the distance. Or in some cases, even the biblical passages, there's things, uh, translation, where they're trans, you know, um, Ezekiel, for example, was translated from one point to the other, Philip from one point to the yeah. other, without actually doing gravity or aerodynamics. So you see the Bible is full of a number of, of of options and things, but that doesn't mean any of it's not true. Just because there's thermo, aero, thermo, aerodynamics, just because there's planes that can fly, doesn't mean gravity isn't real. No, because gravity is still operating on a 747 right. flying at 32,000 Right. We have, to, we have to obey those laws yes. of gravity and realize that thrust has to work beyond that to give power to the plane, we have to have the fuel, we have to have the energy to break out of a certain um, hold. And when you think of creation, some people would define the universe, they don't want to even say creation, because that means there that is a, create, implies a cre- there is a creator. Yep. The creation operates according to very specific laws but going back, that are sustained. But going back to religion, what re- religion to me is a law like you're talking about, that we've sort of come under, made up, or imposed upon other people. Mm-hmm. And God did give us a set of laws, and I think those laws have been, uh, the, the law as given by God has been, um, sus- uh, sus- it, well, it was sustained through his spirit, but it was also completed through Jesus Christ. And so that law that required a lot of religious uh, rituals and, and regimentation and traditions and prescriptions and things like that, that law has been um, sort of made, fulfilled, it's been fulfilled. And therefore in that, it's now not um, as relevant. It's relevant to those who are are not saved because it says the law is given for lawbreakers. But if you're in the new covenant, that law has now been um, upgraded to, you know, the old Ten Commandments of thou shalt not kill. Actually, it's really thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery, tell lies, steal, blah, blah, blah. But in the new covenant, the law was upgraded to thou shalt love. There was no Ten Commandments that said thou shalt not, uh, that, that thou shalt love. It was just don't kill each other. But now everything's been upgraded and God says, I put my, I've written my, my laws in your heart and given us the Holy Spirit to keep them. So the ideas, the religions that came out of law, for example, you have the Old Testament um, and a lot of people still practice that through the uh, the, the feasts and the, the various um, rituals. But they can't really do it properly now because there isn't a temple. So we have, uh, you know, 
Catholicism is kind of looks a lot like Old Testament um, uh, Hebraic kind of laws in that they have priests, they have vestments, they have the sacrifice of the mass continually. Um, they have the blood, they have these, and then they imp- incorporate other new elements like communion and or they call it the Eucharist and stuff. But you see, all of this stuff is kind of muddled. Religions muddle things, if you ask me, but you look like you have something. Yes, I've got something here from Romans chapter 1 that kind of uh, kind of gives a background for this muddle of religion. Mm-hmm. How do yeah. we get all these world religions and and I mean people take you know, classes in college of yeah. you know, world religions exploring all this stuff. Yeah. But um let's look at um Romans chapter 1 verse 20. Uh beginning there for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and godhead so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, Hmm. but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed, or some translations I think say exchanged, the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. So they, we see that they be, there was, when Deception. you do not glorify mm-hmm. God as God, mm-hmm. when he was in, 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 throughout history back in the day, people saw the glory, the glory of God, the, the creation. They, they didn't worship the creation. But they recognize that nowadays they do. Now people worship the creation, yeah, Yeah. you know, hugging trees and and the whole bit. But it doesn't mean that we do not respect the creation and take care of the creation because we're we're called to be stewards of 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 the creation here. But what happened was they they said God is like these things I'm imagining. God is like these things I'm seeing or created in my mind. Mm And the results are, we think we're so smart that we've come up with this, yeah. but the Bible says we bec- we become fools. Right. And so then what happens? We submit, like, can I say something? Yeah. With this whole deal, we're submitting ourselves to the creation, becoming, thinking you know, that we're monkeys. I mean, we're, we have minds and brains, and we're far superior to the chimpanzee, but we are saying we came from an evolved chimpanzee. We're take as the as the pinnacle of God's creation, man and woman, uh, made in His image. We're submitting under the counsel of demons, going back to regressing, um, not evolving but devolving back into some sort of a more, I don't know, demonic, uh, uh, unglorified state. It's it's like, and part of that is going with the shame. We. We have we rejected the glory of God, the Word of God, the purposes of God, and and entered into a place of shame. Um, well, yeah, and this is this. But is, don't we do that so we can control things? Sure, you know, we're, it's yeah, that's partly why we do it. In verse twenty-four of Romans one, twenty-four and twenty-five. Therefore, God, no, because we've we've though we were created in the likeness and image of God, we have come up with our own imaginations Mm -hmm. and created a false God, an idol in our own image. In our own image. Therefore, verse 24 and 25 of Romans 1, Mm -hmm. God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged, there's that exchange again, Again, exchange the truth of God for the lie, for the lie, and worshiped and served the creature. More than the creator. Rather than the creator who is blessed forever and ever. Mm-hmm. So this goes all the way back to the garden. And uh, all the way forward to now. All the way forward to now. So if we can't so believe. We want, we want the lie. We, we say we reject truth and embrace the lie. If, 
and then we see all these harmful results all through society. And and look, that in itself proves the accuracy of the Word of God, how it is so prophetically descriptive, even to the end days, even to the days that are, we're living in now. The Word written, what, two thousand years ago is or yeah, beyond that is even totally ago. relevant describes without uh missing a beat what we're looking at what we're going through now so hey if anybody wants to call to talk with us tonight we have a number the number is 347-215-8051 again 347-215-8051 give us a call if you have a question or comment we would okay. love love about love walking to hear from through you. the walking through the swamps of religion, trying not to be eaten by the alligators, finding God's highway of holiness through the muck. That's mm-hmm. basically what. Mm-hmm. We're thrown into a snake pit, and this is kind of what it is. We kind of have to try to or want to, we're motivated to uh, try, but motivating to try is kind of demonic. But we, we're, we're trying to get to the, to the root of, of what it is, who I am, what is there a God, isn't there a God, what am I supposed to do to get to God, and how do I make him happy? But just because we um, we are we don't believe in the Bible, like we're just saying, it doesn't affect its accuracy or makes it an error. Just because we don't um, believe it or we find you know discrepancies, because you look at what it's saying, it is totally fulfilled, coming to pass, describing correctly, um, just even to the very moment of our lives. What about this issue of counterfeiting? Uh, you know, does you know I, the fact that something's a counterfeit that proves that some, there's something that's real? Absolutely, yeah. But too often, it seems what happens is that we accept the counterfeit is the real, and that is Satan's goal for mankind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For you know, his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But if he can get people. He, for everything God has, Satan does have a counterfeit. Yeah. Now, that's that's something to really keep in mind. And that's why we need we need biblical discernment. Mm-hmm. To, well, the Holy Spirit is in us to give us that biblical right. discernment. Right. And if we're, listening to the, if we're, listen, we're truly listening to the Holy Spirit, and we're, we're growing, in, in, growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. we will be able to recognize counterfeits, but... There is, as I look around today, and even in the church world, whatever that is, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> there is just an incredible lack of discernment. Well, it's and just, c- counterfeits yeah. are being swallowed hook, line, and sink. Well, it, it's just like this. Just because there are real $20 bills, $100 bills, just because there's a real one that exists does not keep the counterfeiter from making a counterfeit. As a matter of fact, because there is a real he is going to counterfeit, and it will work. It would not work if he made a $30 bill, if there's no real $30 bill. So there has to be a real God, a real Bible, a real truth, in order for the devil to be so worried, to have to make so many exceptions and counterfeits of that real. And I think those religions are counterfeit. We've got all kinds. We've got um, Jesus came to do one thing. He came to establish the kingdom of God on earth, to tell us the truth. He didn't come to reinvent religion or add another version or to rituals that they were already practicing um, or another, you know, line in the list of things to do. I mean, Jesus did not come to burden us with another list of thou shalt and thou shalt not. Religion does that. Jesus is a relationship. Religion is a set of rituals that requires, um, you know, us to, you know, perform, really be perfect, perform uh, just like anything, any other task. I mean, if you're trying to be, get better at, at knitting or, or driving or basketball, you're going to work at it. You're going to perform, perform. But, but, but religion um, is not relationship. Relationship means we are in an abiding relationship with Christ already, and it's through that bi- abiding that we are nourished, sustained, and given life. So what, what Marjorie, is the difference then between, say, uh, somebody working in a religion, performing certain things that are to be expected, you know, even even like, okay, Bible reading, going to church, mm-hmm. being on this committee, doing this, trying to be good, all that stuff like that. What's the difference between that kind of religion and, you know, obviously there is going to be um, fruit 
out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. So what's the difference between, it's not just that we become we become believers in Christ and then we're dormant. There's good things, there's learning, mm-hmm. there's things that come through our life. What would you say would be the difference between just going through a, a like you mentioned earlier, the, uh, what Paul told Timothy, there would be a form of godliness mm-hmm. with denying the power thereof. So what essentially is the difference between that form of godliness and someone who is living really a fruitful, active life Well, I think uh, the, the fruit will tell you what it is. The, we go back to the fruit. Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. The fruit of a relationship with God, knowing an, a, a proper, appropriate, a well, uh, let's say, rightly divided relationship, understanding what God had in mind, will bring forth rest, peace, and joy, and endurance, even in the midst of very difficult situations because of the love the love that we have for him, the love he has for us. And this is the comfort, and most people don't have it. They have loneliness. They don't have love. They have striving. They have a, a mad God, God who's mad at them. Or, or, you know, and a lot of these rituals and religions, they have their set of rituals and requirements set up for them by the author of the idea or the, uh, the adherence. For example, the gurus, you know, of New Age and, and Eastern mysticism, they'll have their particular prescriptions. Satanists are a religious group. They have their rituals. Witches are a religious group. They have their specific uh, requirements, rituals, uh, whatever they do. But so uh, the religions take their their set of rules, their their look. They begin to be shaped by the people who have, you know, uh, begot them. And so when you look at what Christ has begotten, he's begotten in us a relationship that brings, uh, that, that actually brings us into a place of betterment and, and, and a blessing without us doing, trying. It's his Holy Spirit in us working yes. to perfect that which concerns us. So, and you know, there are also many religions that do not even believe in Jesus Christ, as I mentioned already, that he's the only, the one and only son of God. Some of them have, well, maybe he's a son of God, or maybe he's one of the sons of God, or maybe his other brothers, Lucifer. We've got all kinds of you know, uh, ideas and renditions of every tenant in the Word of God. There's been the devil is fractured and, and uh, created. It's like trying to create a whole new um, creature out of one bone. They dig up one bone of something. They have no other bones or pictures, and they make a whole, you know, look thing creature out of one bone based on one bone. That what can you really tell me this thing looks like by finding one bone? They have one element. Okay, so Jesus is the Son of God. No, 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 he's not the Son of God. He's got brothers. He's got this. So we're not, and another tenet that people pick on a lot is how we get saved. Um, We get saved not by works, but by grace. It's That's very clear in the Bible. By faith you've been saved through through grace, not of works, lest you should boast. Um, It's through the shed blood, believing in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It's not uh, works. Works has a part to do with the Christian faith, but if you put it in the wrong place, it becomes uh, like putting the, the cart in front of the horse. That makes your life a whole lot more difficult than hooking the horse up to the cart and letting the horse pull the cart. So works are like, it really should be called fruit that comes out of the relationship with Christ. Right. What what religion is, it's, it's working to be, and the relationship is being, and the fruit coming out of that abiding, yeah. that being, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, I hate to use the term being to work, but it's, it's like you said, you're putting the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. So it's not, we're, we're, we do all this stuff to be something. I mean, we don't. I don't, I don't have to, I, really am. I, I am, I am the son of my father. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am the son of, of, of my father, and you can't uh, Joseph, do anything, Cole. and you can't do anything more to be that, can How you? How could I, you know? Yeah, do? there you go. I, That's I'm a good still, example. I'm still, the, I'm son. I, you know, it's like okay, I want to be the father. Even if you rob the bank of my da- uh, son <laughs> of my dad, I want to be this. You know, uh, wait, I'm already that. No, yeah, people are striving to be what they already are. That's exactly right. Uh, to try to be the son of your father. Well, you could try to get your father's love, or you could try to get an, a, a praise approval. Or you can use his name to try to get a better job because he knows somebody who knows who's got the job. But you are still forever and always the son of your father, and that is already done. We are the we are the created sons and daughters of God. That's already in place for us. And so, 
that's something that we just need to rest in. And then it's out of that being and that relationship that we begin to uh, prosper. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, so, okay, we have a question. We have a question. Hello. Caller. Hello. As I listen to your discussion, why are these people choosing other religions? And I'm wondering how much safety has to do with it. Your God is too scary, so I'm going to choose something that's safer. Ooh. And what we create ourselves is always safer, okay. right? Yeah. Let me share yeah. this with you. And thank you for your question. And Just stay with us, please. Um one of the things that we find as we go and uh, we go to minister uh, quite as often as we can uh, to uh, New Age uh, festivals, uh, we go there and there are many, many pe- people of all ages, uh, 20, 30-something people predominantly, but there are people from all ages, there are even young children there. And what we find as we're engaging them in conversations uh, we're working to re- relate to them one-on-one. Many of them have just, they've had church, they've had maybe a very legalistic kind of dead church experience or they've been hurt. And I think most right. everybody's been hurt by a church in one way or another. But they've said that's been their perception of Christianity is what and they experienced there and of God. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, I'm not going to limit myself to that. Right. I, 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 I've, I've got a bad taste in my mouth from that. I'm kind of turning from that, and I'm looking elsewhere. Or I'm going to embrace so, all religions or be very eclectic. So they, they kind of pick and choose like a cafeteria style. They pick, you know, they want this and this and this. And I don't know if that, that kind of does go back to safety because, you, you know, ultimately, if you don't know the love of Jesus Christ, people are going to... Um, fear him because we have been taught um, God is, you know, fearful. I mean, you know, he's, he's great. He's got omnipotence. He's got power. He can throw you into hell. I mean, of course he doesn't want to do that, but the devil's got everybody all freaked out. And so is that kind of what you're going after? Is this the safety when we can create our own God, we can control him? Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah. I'm thinking about that fear of hell that of, of course, if you're going to tell me heaven is wonderful, then I want that. Mm-hmm. But, for instance, I was raised Catholic, and I'm thinking about the road prayers and how many prayers we'd say in a day, and, you know, we got to mm-hmm. make God happy by doing that, and that's going to get us into heaven. Well, maybe not. Maybe I'm not good mm-hmm. enough for heaven, and so... Or maybe you I, didn't say enough prayers. <laughs> yep. Exactly, and yet I want to go to heaven, and, and I'm not sure that we're even thinking I want to be with that God you're telling me about because right. he sounds pretty angry, but I really don't want to go to hell. Yeah, exactly. Well, you see, the so thing that, is I that think we, it's a um, safety have, issue. we have to make uh, a decision. We have to make a decision about this God that we serve and he's like uh, based on the truth, based on the Holy Spirit, based about himself, not based on what other people have concocted him to be and or our friends or some money-making organization that keeps us, you know, you know, we're looking for safety, but they're using our desire for safety to actually corral us or control us or push us into a place of sub. Uh, servanthood and right. um, control. That's, you know, our safety comes from knowing who we are in Christ. I think that um, searching out the personhood of God is the answer because we were lied to about who yes. he is. And so, you know, he's way up there far away and not paying any attention to me, and I don't think he cares that I heard. And You know, and when we start getting into my father instead of our father, um, perfunctory prayers kind of thing, then my father becomes 
the person of God. Well, you know, and I think saying, you know, my our fathers, you know, our earthly fathers, uh, that too becomes very um, difficult, conflicting. We kind of transpose or, um, you know, um, project our experiences with our earthly fathers, whether it was at they were absent or they were un, uh, they were hard to deal with, they were or abusive, abusive, or, yeah. unkind, whatever, mm-hmm. um, or not. They were just not there for us. And so our concept of God really oftentimes begins, at least our initial concept begins out of our first relationship with our Father or the lack thereof. And so if that wasn't safe, then you're going to look for something that's safe. And going back to what Jerry's talking about with the festivals, these people are all, they're all mad. They're upset. They're, uh, they're not going to have anything to do with this God that they cannot control. So they're afraid, and they're looking for safety. There's a lot of anxiety. I mean, they do a lot of drugs. They do a lot of meta, you know, wine, drinking, carousing, music, uh, to, to block out the pain of life. And part of that pain, I believe, is coming from the absence of a relationship with God because the, the number one fear and, and pain, I think, in, in life is being alone or being abandoned, unwanted, unloved, and not knowing knowing God. So you, there is really this world down here has nothing much to offer except God, except Jesus Christ. Really, when you stop and think, but nothing else lasts except the eternal. So that's the only thing that really it makes any sense. Is so? Does that? Do you have more to say on that, or did you? Um, yeah, wanna... I have one more thing, and that would be about. Um, Facing God with that whole issue of, um, you know, I I had this trouble, and where were you? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, and that happens a lot, too, with people who have been abused ritually, sexually, uh, abandoned. Uh, whether their earthly father hurt them or abandoned them, we go back to blaming it onto the one true God who, why weren't you there, or why did you let that happen? And I think we have to, because we're young, usually when we ask that question the first time, or when it usually happens to us the first time, um, we don't understand even the dynamics of the, of, the, of the battle, the strategy, the war that goes on, and the, the conditions under which we're here, the, the experiences in the snake pit, free will, our ability and freedom to choose, but we don't understand that there's a devil out there who's making all our choices. He's deceiving us, tricking us into believing that, you know, what we're choosing to do is somehow going to help us, make us feel better, whatever. And so when you're in a, a situation where someone else is choosing to hurt you, to bless themselves or help themselves, they're believing a lie. And their um, God then, though he has a perfect will, his perfect will is was paradise. It's what it looked like. It was, you know, everything's in its place. Everything's in order. Nobody's eating anybody else. We're all eating grass. We're eating peaches. We're eating green beans. We're happy we're not violating each other's lives. We're not trying to use their life to sustain our life. But that was paradise. That was God's perfect will, that God's justice, goodness, truth, mercy, sunshine, warmth, everything was good, no freezing cold winters, no you know, violent winds. Everything was really nice. And yet when Adam and Eve sinned, because God had already given them a, permissive, or a, a, will, a free will uh, to make a choice, and he had to then give them an option in the garden, and that option was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They didn't have to eat it to live. They didn't need it. There was plenty of fruit there. They didn't have, they didn't have any reason to need it except it was just there. It was there because they had to have an option to not listen to God. They had to have an option to use their free will to disobey God. Um, although he, did, he told them, he warned them that was going to be very deadly, very bad, don't do that. But when the, when the devil came on the scene as a serpent, as part of the garden, as part of the creation, a talking creature, probably all the creatures talked back then. Who knows? I think some yeah, that might have been very possible. But when Eve was talking to the snake, she wasn't shocked exactly that he was a talking snake, but she was listening to his reasoning, and he persuaded her by asking a question to create doubt. Did God say? Did God say? So very subtly, he was moving in to cause her to doubt something and then also Giving, getting her to look at the fruit. Look, that fruit looks good. It's it's beautiful. It's good, beautiful to the eye. It's good for food, and it will make you wise. And so, why did Eve actually sin against God? Well, she wasn't intending to sin against God. She just wanted to be more like God. And I think that's where we oftentimes 
take the bites. We want to be more like. We want to. We need more. We want more. We want to know more. For one thing, that's usually the big trap. So she, using her free will, because God had given it to her, exercised her free will. When she exercised her free will, God had to kick into His permissive will option because. Now she had messed everything up, and, and Adam as well, and God already knew it was going to happen. But, but so God has a free will. I mean, he has a perfect will. We have a free will. And then God has to move into a permissive will, just like you do with your own kids. When they're growing up, you make their decisions for them. At first, when they're little, you're going to tell them what they're going to wear, when they're going to go, and how they're going to get there. When they get a little older, they get to choose their clothes. They get to choose various friends, and they grow. And as they grow, you're having to more and more of your permissive will, because you don't specifically like that coat they chose to wear and you don't like the way they dressed for school today. And you, you know, but because you're teaching them through that opportunity, you let them do it and then hopefully you're going to get an opportunity to express or change or instruct them more on what colors go together or how that's dangerous and whatever else you need to know. But so see, the thing is that the world right now is in a mess. And because people are exercising their their free will, but they're also being deceived, tricked by the devil at the same time, believing that the exercise of their free will is a good thing, that's when other people are getting hurt. You know, the person who murders somebody is, is, is exercising his free will to murder someone, um, and, you know, that other person obviously is becoming a victim, is being hurt. That's not God's perfect will. We say, well, why didn't God step in? Well, because God has to permit these things. That doesn't mean it's the end of those things. Doesn't mean there's no judgment. Doesn't mean that's it's, it's just gonna crime is gonna remain and it's just gonna be you know just be okay. It's not okay, and God will bring His final judgments on all of these things. So, but in the meantime, God looks bad because where were you, God, when I needed you? Well, let me ask you a question: How did you get here? If God wasn't there at that moment of crisis to do whatever it is he did, to provide whatever it is he provided. How did you get here? You wouldn't be here if it was that bad, desperate, and bad, if God wouldn't have done something. And though what he did or permitted or was maybe he acted upon another person to come in uh, at that moment to uh, you know, provide some comfort, to bring an escape, whatever he did, God oftentimes uses other people to, to operate for him. But if it wouldn't be for God in the first place, you wouldn't even be here asking the question. Does that make sense? You mean, why didn't I die? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, why didn't, why didn't you die? Right. Right. Well, you know, fear I said, think fear that said one to you, no, Go ahead. But Pierce said to you at that moment, Pierce said, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm, right. I'm going to die. But Pierce said that, but did you die? No. No. Why didn't you die when fear said you're going to die or you're afraid you're going to die? Because Why that was you? not God's will. Well, right. And so ultimately God's will was to save, deliver, heal. Uh, there's a verse that says God says, I am the way of escape. God is the way of escape. He is the way of escapes. And I, I really like that because a lot of people um, have been rescued in more t- more times than one than they, when we can realize uh, from the hand of evil and haven't even known it, and yet we're here today to ask God about all kinds of options. And we're actually here to have our, uh, an option to serve him, to use the exercise, our free will, to choose to follow. Jesus didn't say, be good. He said, follow me. And when he did that, he gave them the Holy Spirit, who was became their Holy Spirit guidance system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, I think that when children are being abused or troubled or you know, put into a situation of fear, mm-hmm. the parents are not necessarily teaching their children about Satan and about covenanting oh, no. with lies and about about mm-hmm. believing um, mm-hmm. that God really does love them. And so I think that's why so many people nowadays have bought into the alternative answer. Um, I mean, the church, much of well, the church the isn't even teaching about answer Satan. Is I've got- Right, but the alternative answer is it's up to me. I've got to take care of myself. There is no they they don't want to preach about Satan, but they'll preach about self, and they'll say it's your you got to take care of yourself. It's up to you. Um, don't let anybody tell you what to do. You have your rights. Um, you need to defend defend yourself. And of course, all that stuff is 
is just the devil loves it because he can come in and be the defender. He can come in and plant the lies, the ideas in your head. He can come to use all of that to separate you further from God and from resting and trusting in God. Jesus said, except you become as little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, which really talks about trusting God. Little children don't try to defend their own lives. And so that's the principle of the kingdom of God. The principle of the kingdom of this world is dog eat dog and you're on your own. So um, I know, I, I know, but see, the thing is, if you don't tell people about the devil and if you don't put him in the equation and if you don't put him in the story, you have no story that works. You have no equation that will solve anything because people don't want to talk about this. It's going back to what we talked about in the beginning. I, I don't like the idea of a devil. I, it's scary. I don't like the idea of a hell. So therefore, there is no hell because I don't want to believe in it. But that right. doesn't make it so. Um, it, and, you know, there's no way to explain what we see going on out there without putting demons, devils, the, uh, uh, hell into the into the equation mm-hmm. because that's called spiritual warfare. And what we have, too, is from uh, generations now of, of people where, you know, parents are to be the primary teachers of the children as far as who God is, how he how he works, all that sort of thing. So so we we have parents that maybe send their kids to a religion class or send them to church or something, but we have parents themselves that are not really aware of this. They're not equipped well, to instruct their kids and put perspective on things. You know, it's like when uh, little Mary prays uh, to God and said, uh, Grandma's sick. Uh, don't let grandma die and grandma dies. How do you, uh, you know... Well, if you don't have the context of spiritual warfare and eternal life and the devil, and all, then you can't really answer that question except to make it look like God is bad. But you see, um, talking about religion, again, a lot of people don't know about relationship. They don't know about the true gospel or the kingdom of God or the principles of that. So they're, sub- they're, they're believing lies themselves that it's all about religion. It's all about, well... Maybe maybe um, God was mad at my grandma, or maybe he doesn't answer prayers, or maybe he doesn't like me, or maybe I don't count, or maybe he never answers my prayers, other people's but not mine. So you get all these new spins on why this and that didn't happen, and those spins are coming from Satan himself, who's trying to alienate us through these misunderstandings. You know, Or maybe I wasn't good enough. It usually goes back to guilt and God is, we kind of are afraid to say God is bad, so we all, it's so easy to say, well, Either it's your fault or I'm, I'm guilty. I didn't deserve for God to answer my prayer. So we have uh, another, again, going back to religion, because religion is always based on performance and I'm not good enough, whereas a relationship is not based on merit or performance or good works or penance. It's based on God's love for us and that he was willing to pay the price even to shed his blood for us. Um, we we get that, but we don't get that. So we go back to what we think we know, and the familiar is well. In this world, if you want something, you got to earn it. Mm-hmm. You got to be right. good. You got to be better than anybody else. You, if you want to win, you got to make the most points. I mean, it's it's just that that the whole world is set up on you got to do something to have something. Right, and then and then Satan is at work in the hearts and minds of men to make God look like the bad guy. That's right. Because exactly. Right from the beginning in the Garden of Eden, Satan is there to make God look like the bad guy. He says, you know, hey, he's keeping stuff from you. Um, He said, you know, the outright lies come in there. And he said, well, the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Mm -hmm. uh, you're not supposed, he said not to eat that. He said, well, you're not going to die. It's going to be fine. He says, listen, uh, verse 5 of Genesis 3 for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, that was God, true, wasn't it? God, right. They, became, they got to know good and evil. There was boy, there did was they truth, get to know it firsthand, right up there. front there. But the idea is God is withholding you, uh, something from you. Implication. Implication. Yep. God is keeping something from yep. you, and if He's keeping something from you to enable you to be like God, to know good and evil, more, then God really better. isn't that good. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the, that's the core lie and notice, that affects a lot of people. Well, 
even in that passage, you see how the devil told a partial truth, and that's part of the problem, is he does tell partial truths. But if people don't trust the whole word of God, and Eve was uh, susceptible to that because she was human and had reasoning, and, and so, you know, like Jerry said, she's, he's holding something from me. He must not be that good. He's keeping something from me that might be helpful. Well, all and, through the side, you know, God is made out to look like the bad guy for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, right. He's, he either looked like he's just this this big marshmallow in the sky where he just kind of accepts and yeah. tolerates everything, or he's the bad guy. In other words, in the insurance company, if you're if a um, a windstorm comes and blows the roof off your house, it's called what an act of God. <laughs> it's like okay. okay. God was you know, mad God, today. Oh, God God was mad at me Well, that then why did God re- blow the roof off my house and not the guy down that's the street? That's right. Right. Why my house? What did I do? Well, I'm a, see, that's the next God question. God mad at me. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. it's just so. But see, if you realize that it's not God, I mean, obviously that very story happened to Job and his uh, sons mm-hmm. and daughters. The house was collapsed and they died. Uh, and we know from the, the backstory that Satan was... Uh, he was behind it. He was behind it, and God had permitted him to test Job. And I think a lot of our Christian trials are for the very purpose of perfecting our faith, and we don't get that either. And so the Bible says in Hebrews, don't grow weary in well-doing. Um, the sons, he, God chastens those who are his sons, and says that doesn't seem to be pleasant for the moment, but afterwards it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness in those who are trained up by it. And so this is a training, this is a boot camp, this is a, uh, and, and yet it's a, it's a very serious Life is very serious in the fact that it's you are going to go to a destiny, heaven or hell, someday that you will stay in forever. And most people don't even have a clue that their life is, is real. They're living pseudo lives. They're living fake lives. Go ahead. It's almost as though they don't know good and evil. I mean, we don't know the truth about Satan. Yeah. We don't know the truth about evil. And, and obviously we don't know the truth about God. So... I kind of huddle in my life, and I use a lot of self-comfort. Yeah. And I just, life is difficult, and then I die. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we miss the whole point of life. And then we become the devil's property because we never made a decision for Jesus Christ. See, without making a deliberate, specific decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have made a passive decision to not follow him. And that passive agreement Satan claims as his right to to us and to us. And so what happens is in our lives we've got all these vague and confused notions about ourselves, mm-hmm. about God, about what's going on in the world. Yeah. We get to the point where it's just we we get our whole well, world view is all really messed up. And then one of the things too for us uh, as believers in Jesus Christ the the, te- the test of faith is this is not that I everything I pray and everything works out the way you for want. me exactly the way I want it. That's, yeah. Now we are to live as believers. Paul said, "Don't be unwise in Ephesians, but understanding what the will of the Lord is." Mm-hmm. So we, we it behooves us to okay, what's the will of God? Find out, find out what the will of God is. We know in part, and we prophesy in part. So one of the great tests of faith is this, that will I keep trusting God even though everything looks crazy, it doesn't feel right, it doesn't look right, Mm -hmm. it seems like it's totally backwards, it's totally wrong, it's totally unjust. It hurts. It hurts me so much. It hurts my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's hurting other people beyond my family. But the test is, will I keep trusting and following the Lord and his truth, despite yeah. all this stuff that I don't understand? Mm-hmm. But it's, will I still keep following him, trusting in, and I have to come to the place, and if uh, knowing this, that God is good, God is love, and he always has the very best in mind for me. If I have those that three-part concept in my heart, Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be okay. Well, I, I'm going yeah. to, that that's like an anchor for me yeah. when well, I face the things that I just and don't knowing, understand. like Jerry said, that all things work together for good to those who love God. And also looking at the the people who did follow God, uh, follow Jesus, they were 
and sawn asunder, and they lost this and that, and they were thrown into uh, caves and killed and persecuted, and we have that very exact thing going on right now, um, and we always have. But you see, so it says the just shall live by faith. Faith means I'm demonstrating my confidence in God by obeying him. Faith doesn't mean I'm going this way because it looks good or because I feel good about it. And that's the difference between religion and relationship again. You're in a a committed relationship with someone. You are not basing that relationship on how you feel today uh, or how it's going and how it... You're basing it on a commitment and on love, on the fact that there's hope, on the fact that there's there's a belief. Now, I'm not saying everybody in a relationship should stay in a relationship. Some of them probably are not healthy and need to be addressed. But what, when you're in a loving, committed relationship, even in those, there's difficulties. People, parents love their children. Maybe a child dies. Maybe they lose a loved one, whatever. It, you still you don't throw the relationship away because it doesn't feel good. You continue to walk in that relationship believing, and especially the one with God, that all things work together for good, that we are his. We are part of his inheritance. He is coming back. And that's another very powerful thought that we are to look up and, and because because he's, he's coming. He's coming for those who look for his appearing. And I know people like we were just talking about, they're all in this stupor. They're not looking for anything from heaven except maybe an alien or some silly, stupid flying saucer or something, which may be real, but it is not your savior. And so, um, again, the religion, people's religion is not able to save them. Keeping the law, forming your own religion uh, is not able. And and Jesus did not endorse a denomination. A lot of times when I was first young, I thought, well, what's the right church? I mean, wouldn't you think in the Bible that Jesus would have at least told one time what the name of the right denomination was? And so... Right. I notice there is it's, it's, there's no denominations named, and I think a lot of the denominations we have today are demon nations of <laughs> fabrications of the devil, you know, exactly. set up right. looking like churches right. with steeples and bells and incense and candles and One, one of the things that's happened with, you know, the division in the body of Christ and all these denominations uh, is is because, well, one of the things is the fact that maybe someone has a special revelation or understanding or focus. Usually it's a a leader or a group that will say, you know what, um, faith is the big thing. And, of course, without faith it's impossible to please God. Mm-hmm. But then we just, everything is about faith, and the whole thing is... Or, or maybe it's all about worship, or maybe it's all or about... It's all about worship, or it's all about... Um, the Holy Spirit uh, yelling, giving yelling at the principalities and powers of the earth, yeah. all that stuff. So, so what happens is that, th- that we tend to be focused and divided because of points of emphasis, emphasis mm-hmm. that needs to be brought to bear, but everything needs to be put into right. the proper context. Uh, Paul said, "I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel, counsel of God." Of God. Mm-hmm. So. We're not, we're not diminishing faith or spiritual warfare or worship or anything like that, but all that is, um, it's like. But it's like this too, honey. If the, if if you're making putting too much emphasis on one part, you don't really have an accurate picture of the whole thing. It's not the truth. It's a it's a true in what it is, but it's a truth in part. But a partial truth is really not an accurate description of the whole. And so when Jesus warned that people would come, um, you know. You know, sheep's uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, uh, preaching their own denom- their own doctrines and pretending and pretensions, and this is exactly like what you're saying. But we have to know the whole counsel of God. Yeah, that that's really that's really it. And if we will just look at, you know, there's times um, I've shared with people, uh, just like okay, if you're if someone's involved in a church, okay. Okay, uh, look at your look. Really, look at your Bible. Look at the ministry of Jesus. Look at the Book of Acts. Look at the epistles. And, and is that what you see going on in the mission that you're involved right, with? Right, right. You know, and I mean, a lot of times it's like you look at the Bible, you look at Jesus, you look at the the Gospels, the epistles, and then you look at a particular church or denomination or group. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's not even in the same 
Right. Well, you know, there's some basics that are important, and there's a lot of, you know, things that people have done. I don't think people are going to get into heaven so much by wrong doctrine unless they don't have the doctrine of of believing that there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, 1 Timothy 2.5. And so that is the basic, that's the that's the ticket to get in is to know that you have been saved by Jesus Christ through his blood, participated with his death on the cross vicariously, um, and that we, you know, basically from that point on die daily. However, there are a lot of people who pride themselves in their rituals, in their garments, in their behavior, in their performance. There are many people, and this is shocking, how Jesus prophesied. This goes back to the, the, the accuracy of the Bible when he said they're, all, they're actually going to kill you believing that they're doing God a service. They're going to look mm-hmm. at, and that's, a, that's another form of religion. It's they're, they're vil, uh, 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 what's the word? militant and in their thinking that, that which God are they serving, which God are they pl- uh, killing you in, on behalf of, because it, it is not the God of love. God, The God of love does not endorse. I know in the Old Testament, there were times when he called for people to be uh, annihilated, wiped out, removed, whatever. That was what he did. But he does not um, endorse uh, murder. He doesn't endorse. He, there is a time to kill. There's a time to heal, a time to, you know, pluck up a time to destroy a time to live that's god's prerogative but as far as us doing something killing murdering for god i mean these religious wars are everywhere and again that goes back to the fruit of religion the fruit of religion brings war strife bitterness unrest violence the the relationship with jesus christ brings forth love joy peace goodness long-suffering meekness gentleness and Mm -hmm. faith and it's like what I so, call it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, it, it sounds to me then like what you're saying is that we need to settle for ourselves whether God is trustable and whether he's loving. Yeah, no matter what happened to you, no matter what the circumstances or the, or the experience the enemy is trying to get you to conclude, we need to go back to the Bible and God knows what happened to you. He knows when it happened, how it happened, what was going on. He knows the truth. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So in an event where you felt like God wasn't there, you were abandoned, you were going to die, those are all things that the devil tried to get you to believe as true. But what really needs to happen is for Jesus Christ, who was present even here, he's everywhere present all at the same time because he's omnipotent and there is no such thing as time with God because it's all now. He's the God of now. He was there. And so you ask him as the faithful witness, Revelation 1.5, he calls himself the faithful witness. What is the truth you wanted me to know? Because you need to be unhooked from that fear, that lie, so that you can go on with your life to embrace and enjoy the freedom that Jesus Christ died to give you. And religion will not give you that. Relationship will. Um, so, you know, we don't want to spend our whole so life enjoying on him. Then, yes, and, you know, we can even God, enjoy him. Well, exactly, because he's he's made many precious promises to us, and you know, God cannot lie. If God made a promise to Abraham, he kept it. If God made a promise to Moses, he kept it. When he got promised that Jesus would come, he kept it. He's keeping his promises. He will keep all of his promises as the days go on. We'll see more of his promises and the prophecies also kept, and so. God does not want people, and maybe with this we kind of can wrap it up, but God does not want his people to be scattered around, just spending their lives empty, poured out, wasted, uh, no purpose, kind of like going on wild goose chases, chasing after religion, chasing after this this doctrine, this person, this whatever it is, whether it's new age, old age, religion, uh, whatever it is. God wants us to know that we are his sheep. He is the good shepherd. He's come to seek and save that which is lost. And once he's found us, he carries us, he keeps us. And he, even though he walks us through a pride of lions, he is the good shepherd that is carrying us in his arms. And no matter how loud the lions roar, he is, has defeated all. He is the lion of Judah. And therefore you and I are safe in his arms, even though we may be terrified at the sound and be triggered into believing, oh no, I'm going to die because lions are roaring and they're all around me. But you are in the arms of Jesus Christ. And this is kind of the picture I believe the Good Shepherd wants us to know because he would carry that sheep out of the snares, out of the brushes, out of the brambles, find the sheep, 
uh, carry him home, pass the wolves back into the fold, doctor him up, love him, whatever he needs to do to keep that little sheep taken by the green pastures, get him nice and fed and fat and happy again. And that's how I see that Jesus is for us. He's, he's a relationship all the way. So. And yes, and putting aside the uh, confusion of you know those that say there are many ways, many ways to God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Recognize, just put those aside and say, hey, I believe Jesus Christ that you are the way, mm-hmm. you are the truth, mm-hmm. you are the life, and no man comes to the Father except through Him. So he is our mediator, he is our link, he is the one true uh, living God. And don't be baffled or confused by what other people are saying or doing. Just focus in on what the truth is. Like Jerry said, he is the one true God. It doesn't matter uh, what other people believe because that's you know their belief and God is working with them to bring them to truth. But if you have the truth, walk in the truth, act in the truth, live in the truth. Jesus said, if you... Uh, Continue on my word, and you are my disciples indeed. Mm-hmm. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And the truth will set you free. Well, thank you so much, my dear, for calling. And we um, would invite you or all the others who are listening to continue to use the opportunities to call us. Uh, a couple of announcements before we close tonight. Um, on February 7th, which is the first Saturday in February, uh, I'm going to be doing a workshop in the cities, in Rogers, actually, at the Holiday Inn. For It's called Troubled Children. It doesn't mean you bring your troubled children. If they're old enough, they can come and sit and learn, of course. But we're not ministering directly to the children that day. We're ministering to the parents, the loved ones, the caretakers, the grandmas and grandpas of these kids to teach moms and dads and parents how to help and protect your kids and bring them to a, uh, a better place of safety and their health and their in their in their lives. So that is February 7th. It is free. Go to the website Life and register. We need your registration. You don't need to pay anything. I think the parking is even free. Come on over and let's see what God has for you. And the other thing um, we'd like to do is encourage you to um, join us next week for another uh, opportunity with Rivers, uh, with uh, Rescue Radio. Uh, and join us on Sunday morning for uh, church, if you like it, True Light Church in Rogers. Yeah, True Light Church in Rogers meets at the Holiday Inn Express, 10 a.m. every Sunday. Yes, and this program is partly sponsored by them. So we we bless you. Thank you for calling. And one more thing. Remember, if you have any questions, like our caller tonight, or you have any, any uh, this, we, we would love to uh, entertain your questions and even do counseling, uh, help you understand the struggles that you might personally be in on the radio. It's a nice uh, opportunity and it's pretty anonymous, so think about it. And God bless you and we'll have a good night. Have a good night. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. I have an emergency. What is your location? 